That's the great thing about the world of real estate. You can flip properties. You can be a wholesaler. You can be a buy and hold guy. Uh, you can be a developer. You can invest in notes or do hard money loans. There, are, There's so many different ways to approach it. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what is going on, my fellow flipping friends? Hope you guys are all doing awesome. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm feeling pretty good. You know, when someone comes up to you and says, so how are things going? And you're just like, oh, pretty good. Uh, you try to think about how you're doing or not or whatever. I'm feeling pretty good. I, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so I might sound a little funny, but I'm feeling pretty good. Tara, my amazing wife, just launched... Uh, a new podcast and started her business, which is super exciting. Uh, the Energy Healing Podcast. You can go check it out at the energyhealingpodcast.com. Um, just amazing. I'm just so proud of her for going after her her dreams and her passions. And uh, she's she's doing awesome. She's number one right now in the new and noteworthy section for alternative healing, uh, alternative healing, alternative health, alternative health. Uh, out of hundreds of, of shows, and it's just amazing what, what she's done. So super proud of her. Um, I'm also pretty amped up about the upcoming seven-figure flipping mastermind uh, meeting. I just got done talking to Andy, and this one is going to be held in Farmington, Utah, in Andy's backyard. And we just went over some of the things that we're going to be doing, and it's really exciting. He's going to be bringing in at different times during the second day, he's going to be bringing in different members of his team and literally just breaking down like the entire process from the point that they send out the marketing to the point that they get the call to the point of um, like working with the, the homeowner and just do like sort of like a live workshop type thing where they just come in and the real deal, we see these people who work for Andy, work in Andy's business and what they do on a day-to-day basis, how they do it. And it's going to be really cool. You know, day one, everyone will get up there and, and kind of share their business, what's working well for them, what they want uh, to improve, how we can help them. We'll break down and dive into their business. And then we'll have Andy's team come in. And then that afternoon of the second day, we'll go uh, check out Andy's office. We can see it live, see the real deal there. Um, and then probably go to some of Andy's houses. And the you know have have dinner that night at Andy's house. I hope I'm not. We talked about some things. Hopefully, Andy, you don't mind me sharing all this. <laughs> um, but it's gonna be really cool. And then uh, um, the last day, just kind of wrap things up with everything that that anyone needs. And I'm I'm so pumped. I think part of the reason I'm so pumped is Andy shared something with me um, of some of the success of of some of our students uh, that I kind of knew, but I wasn't totally aware to of the extent of how well some of these guys are doing, far exceeding the expectations of what I even had. And I had high expectations for these guys. And that's what makes me so excited, uh, just to see um, them changing their lives. And some of them uh, at a, a huge way, and some of them in a huge way in their own way. But just just so exciting, some of the things these guys are doing. And I'm not going to reveal it all right now. Uh, because I want to wait till, till after the meeting. I want to let them talk about about it there. But just some really exciting things that that I'm I'm really excited about. Um, kind of as a side note to that, if you are listening to this podcast uh, right after it comes out, which is tomorrow from the time I'm recording it, and you you are a householder or, or wholesaler who is doing some business right now, but you would like to really amp it up, systematize it, uh, learn from some of the top house flippers and wholesalers in the nation. You know, you want to make this an actual business, not just a job. Then go to sevenfigureflipping.com, apply. We will still be taking applications through next week. And after that, we're not going to be able to take any more applications because we want to get you onboarded before. And of course, you need to make arrangements for travel and and whatnot to come to the meeting uh, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th in Farmington, Utah, which is just outside of Salt Lake. So anyway, head on over to sevenfigureflipping.com and send in an application if you believe that you might qualify. If you're doing at least, you know, if you've done at least a few deals, right? That, that's what it takes. That's the minimum that you have to have done. Um, 
if you've done that, we you've kind of proven yourself, and we know that we can get you the rest of the way. So super exciting stuff. Cannot wait to see everyone there. And if you think you um, qualify, go there, and I will be talking to you shortly. So um, what else is going on? I mean, some exciting, exciting stuff. But let's get in. Let's talk about today's interview. So for today's interview, I spoke with a good friend of mine, Jason Hartman. Now, Jason is kind of interesting because he's a rental guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm a flipper. So what we did is I was going to interview him and he was going to interview me. But we were both short on time. and We thought, hey, for fun, let's just talk and kind of interview each other. And we'll both um, publish the same show, essentially, which was kind of different. I'd, I've never done that before. So we did it. And at first, I'll be, I'm going to be honest, it was kind of weird. It was kind of awkward <laughs> because it's like he's talking about his thing and what he's passionate about and his focus. And I'm talking about my thing. It was kind of like, what do they call oil and, and water? It's just kind of like, uh, it's just weird. And you might hear some of that at the beginning. And it was even weird because then he'd ask me about like how I systematize my business. And we didn't have a lot of time, but it's like, okay, this is going to take me like an hour just to tell you this, right? So I kind of answered it, but kind of, anyway, it's kind of weird. But then at the end, we talked about a lot of general business practices. And I thought there were some really good gold nuggets. Um, so the whole interview is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just letting you know that it, I'm just being honest. Like at the beginning, it's kind of like, ah, oh, it's kind of not totally feeling this. Um, but then it, it, it worked. And what I thought was interesting though, about Jason is, you know, we, we've had someone on the show before where we talked about turnkey investing is I was like, you know, I didn't say it's during the show, but before I was like, or after I was like, you know, you actually are kind of like a flipper. You're actually like a wholesaler because you basically help people sell these turnkey properties and you make a profit from that. And I know you're a landlord as well, but um, you actually are kind of wholesalers. Like, yeah, I guess in a way you're kind of right. You know, I, I don't think you want to admit it, but he is. So, anyway, it's a really interesting show. Um, Jason is—he's very successful, and uh, just the things that we talked about that successful people do, I, I think is going to be really impactful for you. So, anyway, go ahead and check that out, and let me know as always if you have any thoughts, comments, questions in the show notes section. And without any further ado, I give you Mr. Jason Hartman. Justin, how you doing? What's up, Jason? How you doing? Hey, doing well, doing well. So we were uh, we were going to do two interviews today where you were going to interview me and I was going to yep. interview you and we'd put those on our respective podcast. But, you know, we thought we'd just do a little... Uh, just a little kind of uh, breakfast club conversation. <laughs> yeah, put it out there. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, uh, tell tell everybody, uh, you know, like, what's your background? When did you get involved in real estate? And, um, you know, what what did you do first? Uh, were you a flipper, a buy and hold guy? Like, what what's your thing? Sure. So, uh, short story is I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years, which is basically uh, my whole life since I dropped out of college. I uh, had a business for Two years after a year, I had $120,000 debt in that business. It took me a year to get out of that debt. Got into real estate uh, at that time. So that was about nine years ago. It took me seven months to get my first deal of a lot of hard work. Closed my first deal finally. It took me a couple months to close another deal after that. Um, and, and did pretty well for a couple of years. And then in 2010, I, a lot of things had changed. We moved. The market was changing. And found ourselves just not in a great place, uh, having a hard time paying the bills. Decided to uh, get a bunch of rental properties. Did that at the end of 2010 to the beginning of 2011. And run out of of money and decided I had to flip some of those. So I sold some of those. I made a pretty decent amount of income from that. And then just started my flipping machine from then on out. Did 60 houses in 2000. 11, 120 in 2012, and the rest is history. Been doing about 100 ever since. The flipping machine. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this this machine keeps flipping over, folks. That's what it does. Hey, so where were you doing your deals? Uh, I, you're you're in my old hometown. You're in Orange County, California. I know. Yeah. Uh, you're, where are you? Like San Juan Capistrano? I live in San Clemente, actually. San Clemente. Okay, close enough. And um, where where were you doing your deals? Um, not in San Clemente. I'm doing last year. We bought homes in about 10 different States. I, 
I don't recommend that for people, but I'm I'm totally cool with going to a different state. I don't go look at any of my houses. So I just buy where it makes sense. We buy a lot of the houses uh, inland from us. We do some in L.A. County, some in San Diego County, very few in Orange County, but most of them Riverside and San Bernardino County. And then we also are doing deals in Utah, New Mexico, Texas. Um, where else are we? Sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> so, yeah, I always say that, you know, one I've owned properties in 11 states, maybe actually a little more now because I've. Well, yeah, because I added, believe it or not, Justin, I added Michigan. I couldn't, I can't, kind of can't believe that. I never thought I'd do that. <laughs> but man, the deals are good. Yeah. And um, uh, in, in in one of these markets, Grand Rapids specifically, I, I wouldn't touch Detroit still even now. Right. But, um, uh, you know, and I, I say to my listeners, that was one of my mistakes. I just over diversified. It's too, too much to keep track of. You know, yeah. you want to, I, I would say be in three markets as a minimum. Yeah. Uh, and of course, my philosophy, I'll tell my story in a moment, is is the more buy and hold philosophy. So you've got two different ideologies of real estate uh, discussing this here, but um, and and no more than five markets. I think that's the most, you know, can really kind of like keep track of uh, things because after that, it gets kind of unwieldy. Yeah. And I think that's what we're meeting, right? Yeah, I think that's good because what happened is a couple of years ago, I started, I, I purchased in another state and it went really well. And then I ended up buying another state even better. <laughs> And so I just started going, any, any house that I could find in any state, I would buy, buy, buy. And the law of diminishing returns, right? After a while, I just noticed that even though we were still making money altogether, the, when I looked at all my deals, the ones that weren't very profitable, some of them were in, in some of these random states that I wasn't that familiar with. And I, we just thought, after looking at everything last year, we're like, okay, what if we were to still buy multiple states, but take off the, the worst seven <laughs> just yeah, focus right. on the top three yeah and that's what we've been doing this year and it's it's proven to work out really well so far that's a good idea that's a good idea well hey uh since i kind of started out interviewing you i'll i'll jump yeah. into my story because i don't even know if your listeners are listening to this and they don't even know who's no, talking. And, and what's funny is you and i have you know we've met several times we're in two mastermind groups together and right. i don't really even know your background per se i know you have like a million podcasts and like you <laughs> you have a lot of buying holds you do a lot of deals but yeah, yeah. Let's different, different background. So uh, I'm Jason Hartman, and uh, I uh, got my real estate license when I was 19 years old. I bought my first rental property in Huntington Beach, California, when I was 20 years old, and I've been buying properties ever since. I love real estate. I think uh, income property is the most historically proven asset class in the entire world. It's accessible to most people. Uh, you don't have to be a big wig to play in it. And uh, we all know people, Justin, who started with very little money and made fortunes in real estate. Yet, I bet none of your listeners or my listeners know anybody who's done that in the stock market, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so my thing, you know, I've, I've kind of done a lot of things. And that's the great thing about the world of real estate. There's so many different ways to approach it. You can flip properties. You can be a wholesaler. You can be a buy and hold guy. Uh, you can be a developer. You can invest in notes or do hard money loans. There, there are just an endless, and there's probably a dozen more things I did mention, but there's just a, a lot of creativity in our business. And I love that. But the thing I've kind of settled on over the years, maybe just because I'm getting a little conservative and lazy over the years, is just the buy and hold properties. I just love these buy and hold rental properties. And I always noticed when it was dealing with clients that the I had a lot of clients who were flippers who would buy properties from me and fix them and flip them. And I'd see the money they'd make because I'd resell them for them afterwards, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thought, these guys seem to have like spending money. But when I ever met some older guy that had been buying and holding for years, he was like the wealthy guy. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's what kind of convinced me. Uh, but uh, it depends how you do it and how you flip. And you can speak to that more than I have because you have much more flipping experience than I do. But um, so I just, you know, I talk about ROI and our clients just want to get a good return on investment. They want to deploy capital. They've got corporate jobs. They've got businesses. They don't have time to to pay a lot of attention to this stuff. So um, they're just looking to get 
you know, 20, 30% annually on their portfolio. And you can really do that because income property is a multi-dimensional asset class. And, and that's what I love about it. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. I started because I was 16 and I saw a real estate guru on an infomercial. And uh, that got me interested. Although, you know, those guys are kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, but that's kind of how I got started as well. I mean, the yeah. guy basically took advantage of me, owes me a car, never gave it to me. But I'm like, you know what? The guy helped me get started. <laughs> so what am I going to do, right? <laughs> How does he happen to owe you a car? <laughs> well, we... <laughs> okay, how to explain this. Basically, my wife and I paid him like 15 grand to join his program. Today, that would be like 40 grand, right? Right. And Adjusted for inflation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We found out later on that he hadn't actually been doing real estate for like six years, um, but part of the thing was if you're the best student that year, you win a car mm. and we won a car like a year, the year later we went to the seminar, we spoke, it was like us and two finalists. We won by a landslide. Everyone was cheering. He gave me a trophy with like a picture of him by the car. I, now I remember you told me this yeah. story. Yeah. He said he would send it and like days later, never came months later, never came, never sent it. We kept following up and you're going to mention his name. Oh, Mark Sumter. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. <laughs> Mark Sumter? Yeah. <laughs> and he's not really around very much anymore. What? I don't I don't hate the guy. I hope he hears me talking about him someday and reaches out and like makes things right. I don't even care if he gives me the car. Yeah. Just reach out and admit you did something wrong or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like come on the podcast. Yeah. I don't care. It'll, yeah. it'll make for a great story. So <laughs> yeah, totally, totally good stuff. Well, uh so what kind of car was it? Was it a uh, big it was a Chrysler, um, uh, what was it, 300. So nothing too too, too crazy. It wasn't like a Ferrari or anything like that. But yeah, nice car. And at the time, you know, we that was a big deal for us, right? So Sure, but, yeah. But, okay. you know, we didn't waste a lot of time with that. We just went out and did a couple more deals, and we were able to buy our own cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so my company helps people buy properties nationwide in markets that we recommend. We like these linear markets that, you know, you know, those all too well, um, that are just kind of the conservative things that just plug along and do their thing. And you're more in the education business than I am. And, um, you're really doing a lot of like info products and home study courses and things like that. Right. Tell us a little bit about it. So we, our flagship program is house flipping formula and it basically the whole focus is teaching people how to create a successful house flipping or wholesaling business. Um, and it's kind of interesting, as you mentioned, and I, I've had lots of discussions and I've seen conversations and almost fights break out over what's better, right? Flipping or uh, holding. And, and what I've come to the conclusion of is that, that's like saying what's what's better, like this restaurant or that restaurant, right? It no, just no, no, no. You you really could have used a better comparison. Okay, use a better. Like, my wife always teases me uh, with my analogies. Uh, what's a good I'll, analogy? I'll tell you what's better. <laughs> the question is, what's better, blondes or brunettes? Okay. There so we there- go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the age-old debate. <laughs> yeah. But it's so funny because I'm like, you guys, like, it totally depends. And so, some of the things that you mentioned, if someone's a professional making good income and they – it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, going out and creating a house of business, like that's a, that's a job. And don't get me wrong. It's a business. Yeah. yeah it it is can a business. be a very good one, yeah. but it's a business. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You can do that on the side. I'm not saying you can't. I have plenty of students who do, but let's say you have a good income and you work a lot and you don't want to work more. I tell people, yeah, then rental properties might make sense. And working with someone like Jason or in a, an area where you have good returns, unlike California, <laughs> that right. could make a lot of sense. Um, and then if you have a lot of time and you're up for creating some systems, like I do not, um, I have a passive house flipping business, believe it or not. I don't look at my houses. I don't spend a lot of time on my house flipping business. I have created those systems. I've hired the people who run that machine for me and created the systems for them to manage, but that takes time to get there. Right. So it depends on everyone's circumstance. I mean, if you are determined that you are going to be holding properties in a certain part of California and you want this certain amount of cash flow and you want to do it this way, okay, well, good luck with that, right? Um, so it really depends on on your circumstance and what your goals are. For me personally, I love 
flipping because it's made me a lot of money and it's made it quickly. But that's not always the case for for everyone. And it does tell us about some of those there. those systems you've implemented. I mean, you know, uh, what 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 have you done to make it easier? So, um, where do I begin? This could be an hour. <laughs> no. Well, so, give us like what's your top one or two systems? So, to me, everything in real estate. Uh, especially flipping and wholesaling, all comes down to acquisitions, really. If if you buy right and you know how to buy properties and you're able to buy a lot of them at good discounts, you can be an incredibly successful real estate investor. The rest will kind of take care of itself. The money isn't all that difficult to find. The rehabbing isn't all that hard. You can wholesale if you want. Um, so for me, kind of the way a simple analogy is if you want to catch a fish and you go out in the in the ocean, wherever you'd like to fish, and it takes you an hour to catch one fish, all you need is multiple lines in the water. So that's kind of the number one thing I do is I make sure I have multiple lines in the water. I have several people out looking for me. If it's just me in the weeds, if it's me every day waking up and looking on the MLS or taking calls from sellers, that's not going to get me very far. So you need to make sure you have other people doing the legwork for you on your acquisitions. I do not Actually, right now, I don't look at properties at all. But back in the day when I started to streamline this process, I would not look at a house until it was either under contract or we had a very strong counter that my assistant or someone working on my team thought looked like it would be a good good deal. And then I would look at it. And that saved me like 95% of the time that I was spending trying to weed through all the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. When it comes to rehabbing, I let my agents do most of the work. Uh, when I say most of the work, I let them uh, work with the contractors. They will get rid of all of our uh, – when we have a, a property that's, that's occupied by a tenant, they meet with them. They do the cash for keys. They work with them to get them out. They work with the contractor to make sure the, the project has been completed from A to Z. Uh, they, they handle a lot of that for us. When we work with contractors, we only work with general contractors. We don't work with subcontractors. We use a price list, which allows, uh, basically, so for example, if they're, they're painting a house, it's a 1500 square foot home. They already know what they're going to get paid ahead of time based on the square footage of that home. So for paint, we pay a dollar 20 per square foot. So it's already pre taken care of it. It allows us to work with contractors without getting multiple bids. They know exactly what they're getting paid. We know exactly what we're paying them uh, and things like that. I, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of getting into a little bit, but not totally because it's I can go on and on about the, the different systems that we've implemented for that. Um, sure. But it's yeah. just about removing yourself from the equation and finding all the things that take a lot of time and trying to remove remove those things. So. Sure, sure. So you have a, a a bunch of contacts with real estate agents in the different markets around the country that you like, and they bring you properties, right? And then they're uh, and then you evaluate whether or not you want to do the deal, and they help you manage the rehab of those properties. Is that correct? That's yes, to to a, to a degree. We don't do work with mm-hmm. agents in that regard as much as we used to. In some parts of the country, we still still do, and we still buy from wholesalers. But that is essentially a couple of years ago, the, the main focus of what we're doing. I have one agent that I've done 200 deals with um, in that exact way. Uh, but as the MLS has become more competitive, we have last year we focused a lot working with wholesalers. And this year we've kind of amped up our, our marketing efforts uh, more than, than previous. So it's always changing. You know, I was doing, when I started, right. I was doing short sales. After that, I was doing REOs and trustee sales. Uh, then we started doing working with agents, buying off the MLS. And then we started buying from wholesalers, and now we're back to kind of direct marketing. Are, are you do, are you doing a lot of direct mail? Or are you mailing out the little you know yellow postcard that everybody we do, uses? We do a lot of direct mail. We do some bandit signs. We do uh, internet marketing. But as I've become better at this, is something I haven't even like talked about a lot on my podcast, even. But as I have become better at marketing online, since I've been educating in the past couple of years. I've realized that real estate investors really suck at marketing <laughs> and okay. um, their online marketing is, is horrible as well. And that's kind of our next focus. Actually, just yesterday, I got done talking to my acquisitions manager and we're just going to focus on really, really dialing in our online marketing efforts. I, I mean, when I first started educating, like no one was buying my products because I didn't know what I was doing. 
and now that I've learned a thing or two, I haven't really taken those same things and applied them to my real estate business just because I've been so busy on on the other side. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what we're going to start doing. We're, uh, I just had Kale call like five people yesterday who are going to do testimonials for us. So we're going to go and you can't just capture a testimonial. It's got to be done right. Like I've now learned the right way to get a testimonial. And we're going to just start implementing all these same things that we do in our you know education business in our real estate business and we're I'd like to know really about, that. about that you know in the on the info marketing and the marketing side I'm terrible at that I I hardly ever ask for testimonials and it's it's awful but yeah. we've got tons of happy clients like thousands of them you oh, know man. it's it, it makes all the difference in the world when I started getting good testimonials and using those in my marketing right uh, I didn't have to like convince people anymore about anything it's like they would just see it on their own take a moment and share with us how you do that so a lot of these things i learned you know from russell and some of them might sound like dumb or simple but when you ask someone for a testimonial usually you get a video back saying uh i like justin he was great and thanks so much right and like you, you gotta you can't have that like what russell will do is he will fly someone out to his office. This is how important it is. That's all I'm telling you guys. He will fly them out, put them up in a hotel, hire a professional video guy with two screens. They go out, they record it, they professionally edit it, they have music. They Like, you feel it, right? I mean, if you can get them Mm -hmm. to cry, then you're in the money, right? So, (laughs) you got... (laughs) Point being is, you don't want it to be fake, but what happens is people, when they're in front of a camera, they get so stiff to where they are like the opposite of fake, and they're like, I mean, to where they, they are fake is what I mean. They're like sure. the opposite of real. They're so fake because they're just stiff. So if you can get them comfortable and get them to just share with you their story. So first off, a few tactical things. You don't want to have them look directly at the camera. Have them look to the side and have someone asking them questions. And with those questions, they need to answer in long, full sentences. Like if someone's there asking them, so how did Justin help you out? They can't just say, he did this. And they got to say, Justin came into my life at this time. And, you know, so because when you edit out the questions, then you're left with just those answers. So they need to be complete sentences. But the whole idea is talk about where they were, what happened in their life, what struggles they were going through, and then how you were able to help them solve that. So this can be I don't care what kind of business you have. This can be across the board in your real estate, educate your real estate business an education business or, or whatever. And if you are able to put those connections and people can see how you change their life that's how people really want is they want to change their life so mm-hmm. if you can put that in a testimonial and draw some emotion from that and have them talk about what this means for them in their future then those are really powerful testimonials right yeah yeah interesting interesting stuff that's good that's good so a little aside there off the real estate topic well um what else do you think we should share with uh with the listeners on this uh chat Let, I don't, now, let's what? maybe talk a little bit about like so you and I, we, we differ a little bit in our philosophy on rental or, or flip. I don't think it, I think it just depends, right? Your situation. Yeah. But I think we do both agree on certain like business, like what are some of the things you do in your life or what is your, uh, I don't know, we could talk like morning you know, rituals or like daily. What do you do every day? Like, how are you productive? I know, I know you're killing it. I know you're making a lot of money, right? <laughs> and I think everyone listening is interested in, uh, figuring that kind of stuff out. Like I've noticed that there's certain principles, certain things that all successful people do. So maybe yeah. we could talk about what some of those you know, things are. I, I'll tell you, I, I was I was on someone else's show earlier today, and I was being interviewed. I, I do this all the time. I've got a few interviews a week um, where someone else is interviewing me right on their show. And occasionally I'll play those on one of my shows, those interviews of me, right? And um, what's interesting is that I talked a lot today about the the whole importance of business model and really thinking about your business model. Because the reason I started in, in this business of nationwide real estate investing is I owned a traditional real estate company. It was in Irvine, California, uh, Southern California, and I sold it to Coldwell Banker in 2005. And it took about a year to negotiate that deal. So that all started in 2004. And I knew I'd have a big check coming from the sale. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just retire 
sure. Uh, but retirement isn't my kind of thing. You know, I think, I think people really need to be engaged in life and, and busy and doing things that are productive. Uh, because, uh, if you, it's just been proven that if you retire, your lifespan will not be yeah. that long. Okay. For you so, and I is like an automatic guaranteed depression in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I'm not... Completely not into the idea of retirement. Okay. It's totally, totally a foreign idea to me. So I, I thought, you know, well, my first love and the whole reason I got into the real estate business was because I wanted to be an investor. And I, I had invested all along all those years since I was 20 years old. But this time I, I had gone through two cycles in the California market. And I thought, you know, I, I want to diversify. I want to take the most historically proven asset class, income producing real estate, but diversify geographically. And I kept looking around for someone to help me do that. I would call up real estate agents in these different markets that I would research. And I think, well, you know, maybe Memphis is the place to invest or Atlanta or Phoenix or, you know, wherever, right? All the usual suspects that we, we all uh, talk about. And I couldn't really find anyone to do it. I was, it was literally, Justin, it was hard to get a a return phone call. I thought, here I am. I'm an investor. I'm ready to buy. I've got money. Uh, It's burning a hole in my pocket. Take my money. Sell me some properties. And these agents were so lame. And it was, it was just, it was just really hard to make that happen in any, in any real way and to get any, you know, good on the ground research. And I finally decided what I needed to do. It became really clear to me. I needed to create my own business and become my own first client. And that's exactly what I did. I I kept looking around thinking, why is it that there are all these financial services firms? There's Charles Schwab, there's Ameriprise, there's Merrill Lynch, there's all the rest of them. And they're all selling these crappy assets, you know, stocks and bonds, right? Wall Street is the modern version of organized crime, as I like to say. But but they got like the good thing they have is they have such a good sales force yeah. and such a good system, but they've got a mediocre to crappy product. And we in real estate, we've got the best product and we've got such a crappy or mediocre sales force yeah. most of the time. And so I thought, why can't there be a financial services firm for real estate investors? And so that's when I created that business. And I started buying properties in these different markets around the country. And listen, I learned a lot of lessons, good and bad, okay? Um, and and the, it, it really came down to having market knowledge, but really the most important part was having a good team and not just having a good team of people on the ground in that market, but being able to exert, and I hate to say it, being able to exert leverage over them and the leverage as we've all heard the old saying of the carrot and the stick, right? You know, how do you motivate the horse, the carrot or the stick? Well, yeah, you hit him or you put a carrot in front of him and he'll go forward, right? So in life, let's just be frank, we have to do both, okay? Yeah, that's... <laughs> are motivators, right? And, um, and so if, if you can dangle that carrot in front of these different teams of people, we call them local market specialists, yeah. of future business, they will work hard for you. They will yeah. bend over backwards and they'll, they'll, they'll go out of their way for you. And until you get that leverage, you just, it's just very, very tough to get anywhere. And so for my business, when it started becoming really successful is when it scaled and when I had a lot of business and I could bring a lot of business to these different providers, then we could get the best deals, the best prices, and the best service. And that was really the key that made it all work. And um, uh, so, you know, that that leverage component, super, super important. Su- super powerful. I mean, you people out there, they can make okay money. They can get, make, get by money without leverage. But I don't think there's many people out there that are becoming wealthy and living, you know, a lifestyle they, you know, they've always dreamed about without leverage. Right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, I did a speech, my second largest audience ever, 2,000 people in Las Vegas a couple months ago uh, for a group called Amazing.com. They hired me to do a real estate course for them. And I was the closing keynote speaker. And my talk, I thought, what am I going to talk to these people about? Here, there are all these people that are in the marketing world. They're selling products on Amazon.com. Um, and, and 
you know, they're all these entrepreneurs, right? Yes. But the, the key, no matter what you do in life, the key is getting leverage. Yeah. You've got to get the first person you have to get leverage over is yourself. Yeah. Okay. And you know, the, the, the great Tony Robbins talks a lot about that. How do we get leverage over ourselves to motivate ourselves to do the things we need to do to be successful? And then you've got to get leverage over your time. Um, you know, your, the technology you use can help bring you leverage. Mm -hmm. Capital money can bring you leverage. Um, and, uh, and I just think it's critical. Leverage is, is like one of the foundational keys when whenever we're working with our seven figure flipping students which is our high-end mastermind group uh the first thing we talk to them about is you have got to put a, a few key people in place if you are like an, the one answering the phone if you are doing all this basic stuff going to houses and you are not never going to become a millionaire you're never going to be able to become wealthy um mm -hmm. yeah so so critical and so hard because it's almost like you have to take a step back to take 10 steps forward. And people right. were not taught to take a step back. We're taught, no, <laughs> like you, you got to stick in there. But when you're training someone, I'm actually coaching someone one-on-one -on -one right now in a business that's not even flipping houses, right? <laughs> this is how the principles in, in all businesses are the same. I know nothing about her business, but she's seen drastic changes just because of the basic principles we've been talking about. But the main thing that she's been working on lately is just hiring one person who does all the stuff that just takes her a ton of time. That's been so difficult for her, but as she's done it and gone through the part where she's like, this is crazy. I'm paying this person to train them and to work, spend time with them. I'm like, no, push past this. And as she's done that, it's like these things are now opening up that she never could have done before. So yeah, that's true. You know, if you have a skill set, there's a danger in having a skill set. You might use it. Yes. <laughs> and in yeah. using your skills, you will take yourself away from doing something that could be more productive for you. And uh, that's one of the things like I go on one of these I won't mention the name, but we both know who I'm talking about. You'll know as soon as I mention it. It's one of these real estate forums where yeah, there's all these real estate investors and, you know, they're all talking about stuff. And I, like what I realized, these are all these like petty, well, not all of them, of course, oh, yeah. it's an unfair statement, but a lot of them are like these petty do-it-yourselfers Yes. that are, you know, one dude that's going to flip a house or two every year yes. and buy a rental. And, and, you know, they're just like, small thinkers. Yeah. And, um, and that's a terrible place to spend time. You know, you've, you've got to, our clients are definitely not do it yourselfers. Our clients, like we offer a done with you program. And, um, and I think that's, that's just really a key, you know, when you're not a do it yourselfer, um, and maybe you don't have the skills to do it yourself, which might be your best asset not yeah. having the skills yep. because then you won't use them because you don't have them right? i don't know how to flip houses <laughs> i don't know how to fix there, houses or anything <laughs> there you go like if you were a good carpenter right um you would go over and you'd be swinging a hammer you'd just be tempted yep. to it's like i could just do this yep. myself and uh, and that's the thing so uh yeah if you, I, if you I, go I think... on this so-called forum that you're talking about <laughs> you and look up um like 150 flips in 2014 or something like that You'll mm -hmm. see a thread that I started that comes up, and it's very interesting how I, I it, there's a lot of uh, I let's just say I started this thread with the intent of sharing information with people. And let me guess, there was a bunch of big arguments and a bunch oh of naysayers. Oh my gosh, yeah. Jason, it was the craziest <laughs> thing in the world. I mean, no, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Of course, my goal is to give as much information and content free as I could. So that people could learn more about me and eventually maybe we can work together. But isn't that what everyone does, right? And But yeah. I was trying to do it in the most genuine, honest, sincere way I could. Give my all. And I had people like ripping my guts out. Like it was, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, And it's just like, this guy is totally lying. There's no way he can do 100 deals in a year. And I'm like, he's a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, they're like, prove it to us. And I'm like, dude, I will get on a call with any one of you guys. You can come to my house. But here's the caveat. You have got to allow me to record it, and you've got to admit you are dead wrong, and not one person would take me up on it. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, like, you want, like, this is silly that I feel like I'm being, like, you know, crucified here, but if that's what you guys want, this is really strange. You could actually just go listen to my podcast and actually 
get to know me and instead of just calling me all these names i'm like it was the craziest i just kind of i kind of avoid that place you know know, besides i think one more thing maybe we should talk about and you'll have some comments on this um besides the concept of leverage which is hugely important okay there's another concept that i think and this is philosophical it's very general what i'm about to say but i it's so important okay and that is that like People, when they try to fix their life, they keep addressing the content of it and they don't pay enough attention to the context of it. And I talked a few minutes ago about business model and the importance of having a good business model. And, you know, what that really means is stepping back. And it's like, what is my thing here? Uh, The late, great Stephen Covey, I was a huge fan of his work. I I read all his books and loved loved his stuff that, you know, he's the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And um, I I got to meet him once on a cruise ship in Russia and talk to him. And I, I wish he had stuck around with us a little longer. He passed away, but um, I would have loved to have had him on my show. Just a a great guy. And he said, begin with the end in mind. And so when you do that, when you think like that, you're looking at the, the overall context of what you want to do. And rather than looking at like the content, which is the little stuff, and that's important too, but you can't, make as much headway by fixing the content you know you can move things around it's like oh i got this deal i got that deal but like you said at the beginning you know flipping houses is hard it's complicated it requires a lot of attention and it wouldn't work for you very well if you didn't set up systems and and take take that you know a a few steps back so you could take more steps forward ultimately and i think a lot of people are are in that trap in their lives yeah Kind of along the lines of kind of what you're saying made me think of something else that I think is absolutely absolutely essential is clarity and focus. I see so many people that they'll they might listen to you, Jason, or me, or someone else, and all of a sudden they want to do this thing and that thing. And this. I mean, there are a million ways to make a million dollars, but if you're not clear on just the very few, it actually only takes a very few things that get done consistently and persistently over a long period of time. To make you incredibly rich, actually. But most people just cannot do that. They get so distracted with so many things. When this this gal that I'm talking about that I'm mentoring right now, she wanted to do her current business that was already somewhat successful, you know, making a six-figure income already. And she wanted to do wholesaling. And she wanted to do both of them full on and have these incredibly successful businesses doing both of them. And I said, whoa, 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 hold on. You have got to pick one of these because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there is no way you're going to I, – I believe you can be successful at one thing and, and um, systematize it and then do something else. But you cannot try to run two big, incredibly successful businesses at one time. Like it's just yeah. impossible. And as she's done that, she let go of one. It was incredibly hard. She said no to the real estate. I said, look, you're already successful at – the other thing she's doing is real estate too. I don't want to – I don't know if she wants me to disclose what she's doing. But anyway – but it's not like flipping or wholesaling. And as she's done that, I mean, it's amazing. I said, you're already good at this. Let's just improve it. It's amazing. Like, I think in no time she'll be the multiple six figures and hopefully within a couple of years, a seven figure income just because she was able to sit, do less. Isn't that interesting? She did less mm-hmm. and she's going to make more. Yeah. Well, there's an old saying that uh, saying no really it could be redefined as saying Yes, I'm already committed to something else. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the real difficult things we have in today's world because we live in this very abundant world now. And for all history of human beings on earth, we've lived in a scarce world. It only right. became abundant recently in you know in in the span of history. And so now the hard part is turning things down. Yeah. And the hard part and if you oh my gosh. <laughs> I turned down so many yep. deals. I cannot believe that the the calls and emails I get, I just can't even answer them all really, of people pitching me on this deal and that deal and, you know, this real estate market and that market and, oh, hey, you know, put me on your show and I'll tell your investors about this. And my job, my my obligation to to my audience is to be really picky for them yep, I totally agree. to not just and i got to tell you in our industry listeners be careful of this because there are all these ria clubs real estate investment clubs and um all of these different groups out there who just 
literally, they have no philosophy whatsoever. They just, anyone who wants to come in and pitch at the meeting or on the podcast or whatever, you know, the podcast is just a virtual meeting, basically, uh, as long as they give up half of the the fees, uh, the person with the audience will just let them do it. And it's like... You know, this month, it's this flavor of the month, and oh, next right. month, it's the other flavor of the month. You're never going to get anywhere with that idea yeah. Yeah. because you're, you're going to be moving. Even if, even if the ideas work and they're good, you're going to be changing your focus all the time, and uh, it's, it just doesn't work. <laughs> well, it's so interesting. When you're, it's interesting because we have two guys that are doing totally different business models, and you have your philosophies and I have mine, but the bottom line is we're both making a lot of money, and we're helping a lot of people, and because we're focused, you know, if we were both trying to do what the other person was doing to the extent the other person was doing, we wouldn't, you would think it'd be twice as much, but it doesn't work like that. It would be nowhere essentially. So, right. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, to follow, I think it was, uh, like, uh, some Russian person said, uh, to follow without halt one aim, that is the secret to success. And that reminds me of another point. I just like to talk about with our listeners before, as we wrap it up, but the concept and I'm sure you have this too with your students, uh, I know I do, of whenever they experience problems, whenever they have some bumps in the road, um, they they just want to give up. And you've got to... You've got to persist yeah, that, you know, those problems in, in real estate, unlike stocks, you're going to feel the bumps in the road because you're a direct investor, whether you're flipping or a buy and hold investor. When you have a problem with a tenant or a problem with a contractor, you're going to feel that. And one of the big things we've got to do is we've got to control our emotions and, um, and, and mellow them and keep the big picture in mind because those are really just little bumps in the road. You know, the the more even kill you can become, and it takes practice. It takes time. You kind of, you, after a while I just wake up every day knowing that there's going to be some problem that comes up today. And literally my assistant on a regular basis will call me, and say with some kind of news that either cost me or made me uh, ten, like uh, either ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a regular basis. Sometimes it's up to a hundred thousand dollars that we made or lost, right? And that can destroy someone. And if you let it, then you're never going to be able to move forward. You're going to be paralyzed. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. You've got to, like you said, I forget exactly the word you used, but minimize those emotions or it'll, it'll right wreck yeah, you. yeah. It'll wreck you. just well just mellow them yeah yeah right. mellow them there we go. absolutely yeah like yep that's a big key well hey uh give out your website oh houseflippinghq.com and you are you have like 20 right well <laughs> <laughs> i got a bunch of different websites for each show or eight minute millionaire.com depending on yeah. if it's real estate flipping house flipping hq eight minute millionaire is just more business overall mindset it's internet marketing stuff, stuff. yeah Good, good stuff. And mine is jasonhartman.com for real estate and then for my media company, which is part of my business model, uh, hartmanmedia.com. So jasonhartman.com or hartmanmedia.com. Do you use Twitter, Justin? You know, I I have a Twitter account, but I'm not – I'm actually not that techie, even though I have an online business. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) So I don't use the law. You can find me on there, but it's more just like – yeah. My guy sending out whatever he puts out. <laughs> so I, I keep telling myself I'm really going to learn how to use Twitter. So I've been looking at it a little bit lately over at Jason Hartman ROI. But yeah, okay, cool. I got to become better at Twitter. You know, that's awesome. You know, it's it's only like eight years after the fact or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have all these other social medias too. Sometimes I'm just like, I know. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's it's too one much thing at a time. that's what business is one building small building block at a time and don't right. get overwhelmed just do like a couple things well and then keep pushing forward put that next brick into place and then yes. an, tomorrow put another brick in place and eventually you'll have a castle right yep exactly exactly Good stuff. So. well hey this has been an interesting chat yeah, um fun kind of a unusual format uh for the show but i did it once before uh with another uh friend of ours so uh thanks for being on justin yeah thank you for being on too <laughs> i'm sure i'll see you in a, a couple weeks at uh, some mastermind meeting we have going on i know there's a couple coming up so we may just do that and happy investing to everybody yeah, likewise thanks jason thanks everyone thanks <laughs> 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a lot of great takeaways. You know, it's kind of funny. Jason and I have known each other for a couple of years now, and we've been in a couple of the same mastermind groups together. Um, we, we've gone to, to dinner together, had some several bills together, actually. Uh, and the funny thing is, is we both had a podcast that we never reached out to each other, but then someone that helps him, you know, get podcasts, interviews, or something like that reached out to me and I didn't even know that we knew each other. And so someone else had to connect us. So <laughs> just goes to show how busy we are and how much we have going on. But anyway, that was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys got a lot out of it. So once again, a final reminder, this is your final call. If you have not yet uh, applied for seven-figure flipping, we have four more spots left, guys. Four more spots and then that's it. And then we're closing the doors and we are going to work with those guys and help them create an incredible business. You know, the goal is to help them create their own seven-figure flipping machine. I there is not a program like this in the entire nation, in the entire world. It, it doesn't exist. It never has. No one has created a program that has had this level of success that is going to lead, guide, and direct you hands-on with the element of both. Hands-on coaching and um, a mastermind environment. We've done both. I've seen people do one or the other and do it kind of okay, but not that great. Most of them all are, are crap, complete crap. But I've seen some people do it pretty good. No one has combined both, um, and especially for the price. And and our goal is literally to 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 help you, to give you everything. And that is what we've done. That is what we are doing. The success of our students shows it. So this is kind of your final call. Go to sevenfigureflipping.com if you think you might even have a chance of qualifying. And I would love to speak with you and we would love to see you here in a few weeks at the next Seven Figure Flipping Mastermind event in Farmington, Utah. So go to sevenfigureflipping.com and I will be talking to you soon. Other than that, get out there, make some things happen, take some action. You guys can do this. Like I believe in you so much. And I kind of mentioned the podcast that my wife has been doing, and a lot of it has to do with um, just the tricks that we play on ourselves, right? She recently did one on on belief, and uh, are we believing the right things? Like, do we have false beliefs? Like, you guys are amazing. You can do anything. The only time I see people not succeed is because they they just don't have this belief in themselves. So believe that. Know that you can. I have seen hundreds of people, if they just follow the formula, they follow the pattern, they follow the things that other people are doing, they adapt and just as needed, but surround themselves with the people who are doing it, you can do this business. I've never seen so many people be so successful at the same business. And you can do that because of houses. Houses are everywhere. Everyone either has or lives in real estate. And you can make a lot of money from this business. And there are a lot of examples of people who are doing it. And we can show you the ropes. So get out there. You can do it. And we will see you next time on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at HouseFlippingHQ.com. HouseFlippingHQ.com.